When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find a see. Moving Iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. And I've got Jason Holt back here with me to talk about what's happening in the world of data and all the other fun stuff that they're doing over at Anvil. So how you doing, Jason? Uh, doing very well. It's been, uh, been a great summer. I've been very busy, but uh, hot here lately as well. Yeah. We've been surviving it. Um, yep. But activity is picking up and uh, both at the dealers and for ourselves. And it's an exciting time. Yeah, it's uh, definitely warmed up here. We had a, our first stretch of real unbearable heat. We haven't. We don't want to complain too much. We haven't had a really overly warm summer, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna complain too much. But we've uh, been pretty good. But when it hits 99 <coughs> in Minnesota, we just don't yeah. know how to handle it. So <laughs> most people don't. So don't feel don't feel out of place. So well, there's uh, plenty of stuff going on, man. Talk a little bit about some stuff that's going on at Anvil right now. It's that time of the year where a, a large number of, of valuations are going to start coming through. We're looking at the end of the year press. We've got various EOPs and, and especially combines right now kind of the, the leading that charge. So I guess, Jason, as you're looking at, at what you're seeing from the folks you're working with, what are they telling you right now? You know, the number one thing is they're really excited for the Moving Iron Summit coming up. So uh, that's, good news. that's taken a... Uh, 
we're planning our, our aspects of that right now. We're excited, of course, it's coming up right after Labor Day, mm -hmm. and we're going to be there, and we're working with our partners at, at TractorZoom and really looking at what is the inventory uh, looking like out there, what is the data showing us, what is, um, how can we get people utilizing us together and, and how to use it. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a frequent question we get. It's at the top of a lot of people's mind is, what's the inventory doing? Are we going to have a shallow trough like I read? Or are we going to have a deep trough? Or mm -hmm. where, how can we catch this ahead of time? So we're, gonna, we're planning out a, a, a dealer panel, actually, at the Moving right Iron on. Summit, where uh, Tractor Zoom and Anvil are going to be hosting some of our customers to ask them some questions, see what they're doing, get some of their best practices, and have that round table or, you know, panel, I guess, uh, right right live there at the event. So it's a can't miss it, don't miss it uh, type thing. Awesome. Yeah, I, I like dealer panels. And the reason I like them is they're, you get to have a, a, a conversation about what's going on from different perspectives. And, and the nice thing about those perspectives is that uh, especially with the Moving Iron Summit, is that you're not just getting a one-sided perspective of from one from one you know manufacturer line. You're looking at you know multiple people across across the, a, a wide spectrum of stuff. But also the what's happening in Nebraska may not be what's happening in Washington. You know what I mean? So you're you're kind of bringing those those uh, skills into play a little bit more as you look what's going on there. So there is a uh, a lot of information that comes out of those those dealer panels, and that's what I like about. Thanks so much. You know, we've done it for three years now at the JDUG conference we go to through yep. the John Deere Dealer Network, and uh, everybody wonders if we've planted questions or, or told them what to talk about or not talk about. But after three years in a row, we learn so much by listening to what the customers mm -hmm. are saying to each other. They tell us they get so much out of listening to the other panel members yeah. uh, as well. And then the audience is. Uh, uh, a little bit of preaching to the choir, but they're standing up saying hallelujah and a few things as well by hearing sure. it uh, direct. So panels are, are wonderful. Um, really a good way to partner with our customers as well is because we know we don't have all the answers, but we know how to solve problems. Yeah. And that's where uh, hearing what the issues are and hearing how other people are doing it uh, is beneficial for everybody. And that's yep. what we really enjoy. Yep. <clears throat> so last month you had a webinar with... Uh, the folks over at Tractor Zoom, and you guys talked about some various things that were going on there. Talk a little bit about that that um, webinar that was there, and, and kind of some of the few things you uh, discussed during that time frame. Yeah, it was a very well attended webinar. Uh, Tractor Zoom hosted it there, and we had uh, we had a few hundred attendees, uh, so it was very well attended. But it was because it was the an the question that everybody was asking: how to prepare for an ag market downturn. Mm -hmm. You may have heard that some concerns around that as well as, Just a little bit yeah. as well yeah. yeah so we went through several questions that we posed a panel and we had uh, um, a great group of dealers that have been using both the tractor zoom iron comps the inventory analysis the data that they have as well as well as the advertising uh, but they're also customers of anvil and and we've been able to show how data and metrics and and AI or you know data and being able to see some of the predictions that are coming has really benefited the dealers and they gave us some really good examples of, of different ways and the questions were very good um, they uh, elicited some surprising answers uh, to be honest and I'll, I'll quote one of the panelists uh, saying that he learned and he wrote down a few ideas 
as uh, mm -hmm. one of the other persons was talking there as well. So we're going to be replaying that. The replay is happening on both uh, our website as well as YouTube. So if you go to YouTube, uh, we have a channel. It's just Anvil AppWorks. Uh, you can find it there. Uh, as well as on our website, uh, we can put the link in the show notes, but it's uh, anvilappworks.com, preparing for an ag market downturn, and allow you to, to hear the audio, hear the people that are there, and see uh, um, some of the video from that as well. So uh, sign up for that, as well as it'll be uh, continued, basically 2.0 at Moving Iron Summit down awesome. there in Nashville coming up in September. Yep. So... Talk a little bit about some of the information that came out of your uh, out of your webinar. So, uh, you know, we can talk yeah. about a lot of different things here, but I I am uh, very certain that we're going to see if, uh, a, nothing crazy in 23, I don't think, yet. I think 24 will be the year that we really see some fireworks when you start looking at values because I don't think the on-farm income is going to be there like we've seen in, in 22 and 23, uh, barring some crazy thing happening you know with crop prices or something like that it just it doesn't feel like it's shaping up to be a a huge um marketing opportunity in 24 that we've seen in 22 and 23 so it's going to change some things up a little bit and, and looking at inventories that we have coming in there's a lot of equipment out there right now i think in your comment there you made one of the uh, uh statements that was a big part of this webinar conference was what other things are they looking at now besides pricing of inventory? Yeah. Right. It used to be that you would just look at pricing, which are the high ones, which are the low ones, which ones haven't rolled, which ones haven't sold. And, and they gave several good, um, not to steal their thunder, but they gave several good sources. But you highlighted it there. Net farm income. That's a very good indicator now to look at. And that's what people are, are uh, becoming more accustomed to. What other things do we have to be... Uh, wired into, plugged into, mm -hmm. to see what's coming. Uh, the other one is probably just consumer behavior. Farmers yeah. are consumers just like anything else. Sure. Uh, so seeing that. And there's all sorts of sources. Um, some of it is national, USDA. And I think that's the other big takeaway that I've taken from uh, how we use data yeah. is that it's not just your local market anymore. Yeah. You know, you've mentioned it several times that whether it's how other dealers are seeing it, are they at the beginning of a wave? Is it going to come our way? Um, is something happening nationwide that's going to affect us or is something happening in the Northeast that's going to come over this way? You can't just look and talk to your customers anymore and get a good feeling. We have a national market now for used yeah. equipment. We have a national market for new equipment and that's just a, uh, that's something new since our 2013 last trough that we had. There. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I that's that's such a good point because when you're looking at the way the flow of equipment from north to south and south to north and when you're looking at how those things kind of come together and they play out when you're looking at the interest rates that we see right now interest rates to me wouldn't be a big deal if we didn't have you know half a million dollar used pieces of equipment out there right now and not just like a handful of them but I mean the, the overwhelming majority of the inventory that's out there I'd say 60 plus percent is over 400,000 bucks if you go and yeah. do, do some analysis on that and you start breaking that down you start looking at that there's still a lot of guys out there sitting on you know two and a half percent interest rates on their three to you know they still got three or four years left to go on on some of the stuff that they they've got in their uh, in their shed right now and, and that that is that is a, a 
really tough conversation to have with a guy yeah. when you're saying, hey, how about an extra 5.5% interest? You in? You know what I mean? And no, one, no one's jumping up and down and saying yes to that. But all things considered, as you look at the end of the year and what's going to be out there, there's going to be some money this year, and there's going to be these, these end-of-the-year auctions are going to have a huge play, I think, in what we see happening and, and really, because we're seeing it now with, with the amount of inventory that we see pop up on on these auctions now. There's, I I don't remember a time where there has been as many combine auctions this close together this early in the in the in the quote unquote auction season. And they're they're packing up, they're piling up, and we're seeing them come in. And there's a a big spread there at the end. So, I guess what is what is some of the uh, I guess conversations you had kind of around around that and what they're seeing in that level of the marketplace you know i think actually data is a big part of some of those decisions there's two things yeah. you know we're comparing like the last trough and a lot of folks sure. weren't around for that last trough when you're talking salespeople and, and some of the folks managing the inventory but data is telling us more about have we quoted it what's our eop looking mm-hmm. like um, what do we have in it what's the aberrations and the people making these decisions now are also managing just a larger portfolio of inventory yeah. um, than, than we were 10 years ago in yeah. the same situation. So yeah. one group moving in one direction or something else like that might be 50 combines, but that's just a percentage or 10 combines yeah. or 20 combines. So it might um, add some blips, but I'm not sure if how much total is changing, but it's definitely changing the timing. Mm-hmm. And uh, interest rates are driving some decisions because yep. you, you said it at 2% floor plan or 1% floor plan or whatever it was versus 8%, you've got to make some decisions quickly because it's costing you tens of thousands of dollars each month. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we're having the same panic, though, no. from what we're looking at. It doesn't feel that way, right? That, yeah. You know, I got to dump it now. I got to be the first to the trough, or else prices yeah. are just gonna are gonna crater. If I'm, you know, if I'm second auction or third auction, it's still the number of buyers. It's still the number of people who can who are attending the auctions, mm-hmm. uh, contribute to the demand, contribute to the values and such. And that's some of what was scary the first time was you wanted to be on a certain spot because you knew if you were the third one that week, you were going to get half the value. Right, you know, and I don't yeah. see that being the same situation now. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I I would love this. Your if you've heard anyone say this, or not this is something that I've been paying attention to, and something that I've kind of seen develop over the last couple of years. And it's these the the buying groups, right? So you don't you no one's no one's buying taking a, a five or six year old machine right now and training it in and buying a new one. Like I'm not saying anyone's doing. That. I'm sure someone's done it somewhere, but but overwhelmingly they're not doing that right they're not taking a 40 or fifty thousand dollar machine and then i'm going to go buy a new seven hundred thousand dollar combine or something like that yeah. no one's no one's doing that <clears throat> what i think is happening in use equipment why because i'm 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 really honestly i mean yeah there's a decline in value when you start looking at auction values from six months ago but it's nothing like i thought it would be and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that two things one is on farm income, obviously, but the other thing is, there's a lot of folks that have missed out on um, that used piece of equipment they're looking for in 21, 22, and 23, or so forth. Um, up to this point, now they're going to have an opportunity to get that piece. But I think they're also realizing the customer base is also realizing that I can no longer get what I'm used to getting as far as hours go, mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of stuck in this box over here now. That is. 
maybe more hours than I've, I'm comfortable with, but this is what I can afford based around what's out there right now. It yeah. feels like to me that these, that the, 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 the solidification of these buying groups is getting more and more very defined, and, and which to me would explain a little bit of this when you look at used equipment values through auction right now and what, where they're at and how much stuff has been sold on these sales, um, that you haven't seen that quote unquote collapse yet because there is a buying population that says, all right, this is the combine grouping that I can, that I'm going to yeah. play in because I have to. Right. Any, any, any feedback on that that you can, you know, say? I think we're also seeing that same aspect, both from a salesperson standpoint and a sure. customer standpoint, because, um, you know, let's rewind to roles 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. You had a customer lined up before you ever sold a new one because they were in line for the next one. Right. And and that was the the origin of this kind of mindset that I got a machine in this amount of hours and that this is what I was going to do with it. But the reality is then the inventory exploded and I'm like, why do I have to commit up front? Because there's going to be plenty of it out there mm -hmm. uh, to choose from and I'm going to be able to get exactly what I'm looking for for my scenario. Yep. And now with inventory tightening up a little bit more, it's um, I want to make sure I got a reasonable machine for what I'm looking for. It may not be perfect, but it's the right group. It's the right amount of hours. It's the right options, something like that. So I'm going to commit to a machine coming in. I'm going to be a part of this group. I'm still going to have some options, but it's getting a little bit closer to that. Uh, I am the second buyer. I am the third right. buyer of something instead of just shoot when I need it. I know there'll be 25 to choose from, right. uh, which was a little bit more of where we're at. Now, from the sales team standpoint, I think they're also seeing the customers react to that and allowing them to better understand the last time they bought or the last time what kind of fleet rotation do they have. Mm -hmm. That was something the last four or five years, which, again, that's the majority of the sales force out there has not been selling more than about five years, you know, um, yeah. what it seems like. So um, they are not used to having a consistent planned out trade cycle or a consistently planned out buying cycle to work with their customers with. Uh, so those buyer groups, as you're talking about, are both um, working with their sales team, but then also working with the inventory that's available there. And with interest, there's also trucking. That's getting more and more expensive, getting it to moving it around. Okay. And um, the auctions are getting less and less reliable yeah. as far as uh, what's going to be there and how mm -hmm. much of a deal can I get on it, and is yep. it worth it for the yep. repair cycle. I, I tell you, I watched I watched a chopper, couple choppers sell. Um, both were on Stephus's auction. One sold Monday, the and then two more sold on Wednesday. And actually, the machine that that sold on Monday had an 100 hours less than the closest machine. And then the next machine after that had another 100 hours on it. So there's about a 200 hour spread between two machines. The lowest hour one had like 78 hours on it. It actually brought less money than the machine that brought that had 100 more hours on it by about two thousand dollars right yeah and then the the machine that had another 200 hours more than that 78 hour machine did brought uh twenty three thousand dollars less so yeah. there's zero rhyme or reason to how why that happened that way other than probably this everyone that missed out on the 78 hour one yeah bid it just a little bit more on the next one up and then they you know kind of played the game on the third one but there's well, the reality is twenty-three thousand dollars spread on a chopper yeah. is 
statistically insignificant anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> now, exactly. I give it. I take it. You gave it to me. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's uh, right. It's not yeah. the same effect as it used to be either. Yeah. So looking at uh, so that, you brought up a good point about customers and sales and those kind of things. I think we're at a point now when understanding what how ranking your customers is going to be more important now than ever. So you got to know who that A customer is and not just A, like this is the guy buying the new stuff. I think that's a different classification all on its own. That's a, another island that they're on. It's that A, used customer, that B, C, D customer all the way down the line. Who you're calling on, why you calling on, what's the frequency of calls you're going to make, and then what's that geographical map look like that you're, that you're calling on. Uh, I don't think if... I just I don't know that if you're not doing that and not really understanding who those customers are, that that you can truly be successful in what it is that you're trying to sell. Because, yeah. quite frankly, you have to have a pretty good story to go talk to someone about now and and understand what it is that they need from you as a person. I mean, and I think your I'm sure your your uh, dealer panel will have some had something into that conversation a little bit, but. I mean, looking at what you're doing with Anvil and those customers and how they work together, there's got to be some good some good meshing of that data coming out of, out of what the business systems that already are in place. Now, there's two big things that came out of it. Of course, I'll give my biased opinion, but it's the, uh, the relationship is as important as ever. Sure. But it's not the relationship like we place church league softball together. That's right. not the relationship that people are looking for now and what sales teams are needing to deliver and, and manage. It's the relationship that I add value. Right. I'm a trusted partner. You can. I will help you pick the right machines. I will bring you something when it comes in. I will be proactive with you and we will call on you and we'll have that relationship and we will be there when you need us is a lot different than what we've had the last four or five years where you know, it was what do you have, I'll take it. And a lot of the, um, you know, sit, people hustle, don't get me wrong, but sitting in the store and doing those types of things. And then it's also the aspect of the relationship across the dealership, right. whether it's your own store, whether it's the different departments as well. That customer is now managing several relationships, and that's where we've seen dealers start to uh, utilize that. Um, and then the other side of it is dealers starting to figure out what is adding value mean mm -hmm. and um, how do we use information and how do we use data to help us with that and that's one of our most recent um, launchers or integrations into that piece is is based upon buying history based upon fleet size based upon farm size suggesting when it might be the best time to go visit someone because of, of some history uh, but that's still not just hey I heard you were ready to buy something it's going in there and understanding what do they have, what's what's its use case, what's the best thing to, to go through there with. And that's where technology helps. You know, it's hard to keep track of 150 customers. It just yeah. is. Yeah. That there's a good reason why people waited for people to come in was because it was hard otherwise. But that's where technology comes in. Whether you're talking about metrics, you know, leads, how many deals do I have? Just uh, how long do leads, how long do deals sit? Do I have a deal? Mm -hmm. Those were really hard when your tool was a legal pad. Right. Um, right. But now you've got right. things yeah. that show me, here's our age, here's how long we last, here's who we're working on there. And sales managers, you know, shouting out to them, they're not dealing with three or four salespeople anymore. You know, right. they're, they're working a team of 12, of 15, mm -hmm. of 18 people 
now across an area that's much larger with a much number of customers, and scale is what comes with technology. And yep. uh, that was one of the really interesting questions from the team was, you'll hear the, from their words, but what are some metrics you're looking at now that you may not have looked at in the past? Yeah. Whether ten years ago or even two years ago, when uh, when things were different, and uh, I won't spoil their thunder of exactly what they said, but those metrics were enlightening because they were things that that you know we did ten fifteen years ago, but those were done not with a slide ruler, but they were done with an export, a CSV file, and an Excel file, yeah. and it took a lot of work to figure out your average days in inventory, which mm -hmm. ones were an aberration, or you know where. How are all of our combines priced? Well, that was two hours worth of work to just yep. pull your combines and see where they were all priced and which options they had. Yep. And that's the thing where now you can get that in metrics, you can get that in automations. That's where the tractor zoom inventory management is highlighting those. That's where our next best action piece is looking at different criteria and saying, you might want to look at this machine. Um, and that's where things are different now uh, mm -hmm. in the management of it. Um, from there, from both proactively highlighting customers that are probably, you know, warm to use that marketing term, to inventory that might be prime or subprime, whichever yep. way you're looking at it, and going from there. So the metrics are really interesting. I don't know if there's any metrics you're looking at now or, or that are different that uh, uh, from what you may have done a few years ago. There's a lot of things that are that are different. I mean, uh, all this. <clears throat> probably the easiest one for me is just it's the volume not so much the volume of machines that we look at but the the dollars associated with them and we used I had a funny joke I was talking, talking with a guy just this morning and you know we were talking I was like oh, remember when we used to have like 25 million in inventory and now we got 25 million in combine heads you know what <laughs> I mean it's just like you know what I mean like those kind of conversations now are just so much different where the magnitude of what you're looking at is so much more exemplified than it had been in the past. And I think that's one thing that I find, I, I don't even, I, I don't hardly look at the dollars anymore as much as I do the units. Yeah. Because, and what they are, and what hour bucket they kind of fall in, because if you, you drown pretty quick if you look at this, just the dollars associated with your inventory. You, I think it's more important to understand what the number of units you have and how fast you can burn through those units to get to to go from the you know the the hundred and fifty thousand dollar corn head down to the hundred thousand dollar corn head down to the eighty five thousand dollar corn and so on and so forth to where you get to something that's you know where where's the sweet spot at like how many times you got to turn that before you get to a place where you where your your uh your use equipment cycle uh washout cycle speeding up or slowing down like where's that at and it's not dollars, and I mean, obviously dollars are important because interest rate and those kind of things, but it's the units that are associated with that and, and where are those hot button points at. And it, It's not where you think it's going to be, I can tell you that. It's not the one-year-old stuff is not what it used to be, and the five-year-old stuff isn't what it used to be. There's, there's a, a place in the middle there that on everything it's different. I can't I used to be able to say that. A one-year-old, two-year-old machine is everyone's looking for that, and that's that's still true today. But it, it may not be at that. You know what what what's happening in combine isn't what's happening in tractors, and what's happening in tractors is not what's happening in platform heads, and it's not happening in great. I mean, it's just 
everything is so driven differently. You know what I mean? I guess yeah. I don't know if I can say that it is. right. You know, it's just, it's not the same and nothing matters. Like everything's kind of out the window. Yeah, because you of, used to be able that. to just look at corn heads. Yeah. And that was kind of the indicator. Now yeah. you're looking at metrics like sold ahead. Yeah. What have we got sold ahead? Because that's going to drive our inventory. That's going to, yeah. um, you know, it used to be somewhat easier to do a washout. And now it's more complicated yeah. because you've got multiple machines coming together into the multiple deals. Um, you know, so we've introduced a feature called ultimate stock unit, ultimate parent stock unit. Mm-hmm. A little different than a washout, but it brings together all of those different permutations that can all be traced back to that, you know, that original deal. Yeah. Um, you know, this is combine EOP for one of the manufacturers right now. So you're going to determine your used equipment inventory this month based upon yeah. what you're doing on a lot of those. Yeah. And um, but that'll also drive some of your other um, yeah. sections there as well. Yeah. The um, do you think it's going into the 2013-2015 era? Um, because you've been around, you know, both of us have yeah. gray hair uh, in the uh, in the beard. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be something similar to that. It's it's. I don't know that it's gonna. We're gonna see that that collapse that we saw. I sure hope not. I mean, I hope that we learned enough from that that we don't. But I mean, if the same thing happened, and you know. The late '90s, early 2000s, and this yeah. and the same deal. The same thing happened in, uh, you know, 2006, 2007, and then you know that we kind of had that abbreviment in 2008 through 2012, 13 time frame. But yep. you know, as I look at it, the writing is on the wall <clears throat> that there is going to be a big thing. My where I think I got it wrong at, and on all the stuff that I talk about, was that I I really thought that. The manufacturers would come more slowly online than what they've come and they just kind of you know like you read those articles and they drive me nuts about deer in case they had a 600 percent increase and i'm like well yeah because they had sold two last year and now they sold you know 12 oh my god that's 600 percent you know yeah. you know so i mean that's that's one of those things where you watch that but it's like everything's kind of coming all at once now, and that that's causing as much problem as anything else is. Is that is. all of the backlash is kind of coming back? You know, those chickens are coming home to roost, and we're seeing those things play out now. All that being said, um, there is still enough demand out there that people are needing to upgrade, and with the speed of technology that we see it coming down the line, to me, there is a great opportunity for folks to really to jump in and play, but. The one thing that I'm that I'm watching more than anything is how are these upgrade kits playing into that. Yeah. And more and more folks are starting to look at the upgrade kits and kind of start making some somewhat of a pivot, especially when it comes to planters and sprayers. You know, sprayers yeah. now you've got some good opportunities to do some stuff there. What's that do to inventory? Um, both of those, both of those units, planters and sprayers, both there aren't very many of them out there to play with, so. Maybe it's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing we see some of these upgrade kits. We're going to see an, an additional revenue source that we haven't seen in, in the past kind of take off and run here all of a sudden. But as I as I look out there and I see the number of combines that are out there and the number of Class 8 combines more um, yeah. more concerningly, uh, you it's hard to say that there's not going to be some kind of a blip someplace that's going to cause some significant pain. And, and then how do the... The class nines and tens, and you know, class tens and elevens start falling into that. Um, you know, I watched one sell the other day. I think it was the second one that I watched sell at an auction. 
uh, was the first one that I watched, but I think it was the second one that sold through. And you know, it was a 2020 X9 1100 that brought 502,000, had 600 and some separator hours on it. And to me, that was a win. I mean, I, I don't know who was selling when they were selling and what their expectation was, but if it was any more than that, I, they they were living in a fantasy world as far as I'm concerned. But you know, I really thought that we're, I was looking at 475, and yeah. you know, it brought 500, and, and I kind of watched the thing play out a little bit. So I'm thinking to myself, somebody watched that. There's a 2020 780 somewhere, I'm sure, and they're looking at it, going like, "Well, if that's 500, I should be getting this one for 300." Yeah. And we're not seeing that, and that's that's kind of yeah, kind of surprising a little bit. So I don't we know. We are it's, seeing more of the manufacturers. I don't know they can react or pump out enough new equipment to get us back into that same amount of trouble. Now I think they'll try their hardest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a it's a good drug when you're on it. Um, but I think that's a big difference from what we had there before. And, you know, yeah. tuning again to the webinar replay or sign up for that webinar because of uh, that's one of the questions we ask all of them as well. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, again, not to give away their, their answers, but uh, you'll learn some good things from that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's the... Uh that's a million-dollar question right now. Are, are we sitting on a powder keg? You know, and uh, I, I think you know. You the, look at a lot of a lot of inventory spots. There's a lot of real crop tractors out there right now that people seem to be ignoring. So. You know, the one question that I uh, I hear a lot, and I, I believe it's different this time, is um, it used to be all about the value. Do we have too much in it? Mm -hmm. Now we're hearing uh, what's our sales activity on it. Right. And um, how many sales have we made? You know, they realize, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot more realization is that we can sell our way through this one. Because you said there is some demand. We just got to yep. get it. We've yep. just got to call on them. We've got to know what we have. And we've got to know which ones have been quoted or not. Because, you know, I'll be the first to admit during some of that downturn, we were sell auctioning the wrong machines. You know, we were causing some yeah. of it. And the cherry, you know, the cherry machines sometimes were the one going away. And... Um, because we didn't know we were quoting the heck out of that one or whatever else yeah. was going on because things were just hard. So that's been ex exciting. Now, of course, uh, seeing more of that sales activity and more focus onto that um, versus just, oh, we're, we're in this one upside down, it's got to go away. Um, let's uh, let's really focus on the three customers that could buy this. And, and right. uh, that's, again, where technology is helping um, from that aspect that, What's being evaluated, what the values are, is significantly more transparent right. than what it was. We were having to, you know, when I was doing this, was more of an email-based. That's mm -hmm. two people know what you gave for that tractor, uh, what the evaluation was, that it was even being evaluated. And now it's fully transparent. Everybody can see what's coming in, what's being evaluated, what's an inventory, is it high, is it low from there. And... That clarity and transparency is is changing all of this uh, yeah. for us and into a new positive way. I think. Yeah, and and you think you're right. I mean, you go back and look at what what are your salespeople talking about at your sales meetings, and how often are you doing that? I think if you're having, <coughs> excuse me, if you're having those sales meetings and it's just every you know twice a year you get together and talk about whatever, that's you're going to struggle. And I think when you're looking at um, the velocity that you need to see happen right now yeah. um you know when you look at 
sales mix and you look at your user equipment turn and you look at your washout cycle and all three of those things feed off each other right so if you're at if you're selling more new than you are used you're going to have a problem that's just how it's going to be your turn is going to be horrible and your washout cycle is going to be you know a decade so i mean you got to figure that and, and all those things come together it's such a dynamic piece of how to manage your workflow and, and the only way that you speed all that up is you got to get more people involved in what's going on and having your entire sales force seeing that the last x machine that came in with this many hours on it was evaluated at this price and i know a customer that's ready for this you know yeah. and the data-driven aspects of um understanding customer buying habits and when they're when they're ready to play and and we think we know that which i think we, we have a fairly good idea of, of the customers that we call on regularly when yep. they're going to buy stuff but that's like such a small percentage of our overall customer base um you look at it you have you have 10 sales guys every one of them have 15 to 30 customers that are going to be either die hard i know everything they do but there's another 50 to 100 customers that they kind of know a little bit of and they know who they are they're just not having that repeat right. contact it is and that's where that data comes into play that's freaking important that just keeps getting overlooked when we it go is and you know the other piece that's affecting and um is where technology comes into play in two areas is the ease uh, yeah. hey mobile first so much more sure. stuff i can evaluate it and i get my deal done i can move it through i can make calls i can see what i'm doing all from the phone right so you can just yep. make it happen right where you're at versus having to drive back to the store uh the other side of it is you know the the one thing I hear over and over again is the sales team is so enjoying the fact that in their inbox every morning is, here's the trade evals from yesterday. Yeah. With the customer, with the quote, with the, with the salesperson, with what we gave for it, what its condition was. And it's just automatic. And it's just, uh, you know, it's a good drug. Once you get that, once you have that every morning, you, uh, yep. you do have, I'm going to go to this person today because I saw this machine and I can close this deal. And with uh, interest rates, that's what you got to do. That's yep. what you got to get it in and out fast. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that communication, you know, idea that these are my trades and I'm going to go out and sell my trades. Yeah. Great. Go do it. Love it. You should sell your own trades, but it's okay to have a little help on the backside too. And, yeah. I, and that's where I think this collaboration within the sales force that we're seeing now is not because everybody all of a sudden saw some some movie where you know singing kumbaya makes us all feel better it's it's i need help you know what i mean yeah. i don't have i don't have 15 or 20 500,000 dollar buyers for combines i've got 3 you know what i mean so uh, that's that's the that's i think that's some of the driving factor that we're seeing in yeah. in this kind of banging on the table of we're going to make sure everybody knows what's out there and i think that's it's, that's it's just the a bigger part of it. inside the dealerships yeah. mm -hmm. you know and we're really excited that we're going to be able to continue this conversation at moving iron you know we've got the other dealers coming into there and if you're attending uh we'd love to continue this conversation with you as well so uh, yep. everyone that attending look us up we'll be there we'll have a big booth um yep. but these are these are the top of mind questions and I'm happy to say that we're lucky enough to be in a spot where Anvil can help you and TractorZoom can help and uh, all the other folks, but we can help make some of this easier, bring you some of that information, uh, give you some of those metrics you just haven't had before. So yep. uh, look us up, uh, make sure to attend our live dealer panel. Right as on. Well. Yeah, that's, that'll uh, be. Uh, 
that's exciting. We're uh, yeah. it's new for us, and uh, boy, it's a it, it's just really exciting to be able to see how we're using these tools and just the conversations to have. Yep. Um, maybe that's the idea for moving iron. Can we all sit around and crack a few and uh, and just uh, you know talk about used equipment? Maybe that's what the whole thing is about. We can definitely crack a few. That's 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 a pretty common theme. <laughs> so. All right, Jason, it's probably a good place to stop. Talk a little bit of where they can find uh, uh, Anvil AppWorks and get more information about it. Yeah, absolutely, anvilappworks.com. But I want to make sure that if you're there, make sure to check out our blogs. Uh, we've got a lot about pricing strategies, markets, ways, sales habits, how other people are using the product, and whether or not you use us or not, please pick something up from that. That's what we love sharing there as well. So that's anvilappworks.com. Now, of course, we're on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube as well, so check us out there, just anvilappworks.com, or send us the email, sales at anvilappworks.com, and we're uh, excited to see that, and drop us a line if you're coming to Moving Iron Summit. Uh, we'd love to uh, chat with you, give you some good swag, and uh, see how we can help you as well. Right on. Well, I look forward to seeing you there, Jason, and when you guys get to that, uh, Jason and his group will be right there in the middle as you walk out of the main doors of the of the. Uh, uh, the main room there you'll you'll see jason right there with the rest of his guys and he'll have one of the bigger booths there in the middle so check that out and, and uh we'll go over there so jason appreciate you being the podcast man look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks i uh, look forward to it thank you right on i'm casey seymour with moving iron podcast check me out on facebook twitter and instagram at moving iron llc linkedin at moving iron podcast and check out at the youtube channel which is the moving iron podcast youtube channel so check it out there go to moving iron llc for everything moving iron related and uh, check out the blog post there as well as the moving iron podcast library i guess you can go all the way back to my first one which is awful i don't i don't <laughs> i do not ask anyone to go back and put themselves through that so <laughs> so check that out so with that, I'm Casey Seymour, Jason Holt, Smooth Smiling Folks, out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century.